0: What's up, Browns fans? Welcome to today's show. This is the OBR film breakdown, Friday, September second. Hope you are doing well. Hope you found yesterday's quick hitting podcast on some of the practice squad additions. There are two new practice squad additions added today. Josh Rosen added to the practice squad. I would imagine as an insurance policy, if Kellen Mond can't find his way to the practice squad, and then they also added back Isaac Rochelle, a guy that again made the roster initially. I think he deserves a roster spot he'll probably be up and down for the season still no news on a third tight end still no news on a wide receiver we do know that the Browns have poked around about some but Amir Smith-Marset went to Chicago and then some of the others just haven't landed in their direction but I'm sure through the weekend they might be trying to make some moves as a reminder the Browns are off for most of the weekend that is something that is definitely noteworthy and then other things that came out, Jack Conklin might not be ready for the Panthers game. There's still a little concern. I think that should have been expected based on the severity of his recent injury. Miles Garrett was excused today, still dealing with some personal things. Then it was good to see Wyatt Teller also return uh, to practice as well. So uh, just little notes again, Perrion Winfrey was sick. He missed practice. He get Teller back. And then, you know, some talk about the youngest football player roster in the NFL is the Browns youngest baseball roster is your Cleveland Guardians and then the Cavs man the Cavs are the news of the night even though there was such fun football on the backyard brawl and the way that Penn State Purdue game ended I hope you caught some of that but yeah the Cavs end up bringing in Donovan Mitchell which is a big deal for their organization that took the news of the night nobody really saw that coming but anyway, we, we are getting away from the Cleveland Browns a little bit. This is going to be a weird weekend. I mean, it's sort of a bye week, but we have talked about every single topic imaginable. I'm going to have a couple pods up for you over the weekend, try to get something out Monday too, but we're really going to shift our focus toward the Panthers. But for now, you know, it's kind of a dead period this weekend and this bye week between the end of the regular, or sorry, preseason into the regular season. And uh, hopefully you saw, if you, if you need a laugh, go check out the Crucial Catch Equipment That the uh, NFL is putting out this year in the hats. It's quite hilarious. Check my Twitter feed. Anyway, I'm going to get over to what I'm going to share as the sort of dinner portion of this episode, which is a replay of the OBR Weekly, which is Barry McBride, our site publisher, editor, all the above, and Fred Greetham, our beat writer. I think it's good to get different voices on this podcast that is out every single day than mine. So, We're going to get over to that now. Check in with me tomorrow. Great stuff up at the OBR. Continue to check that out now. Let's get over to OBR Weekly with Fred and Barry.
1: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to Indeed data,
2: Good evening, Browns fans, and welcome to OBR Weekly. My name is Barry McBride. I am the publisher of the OBR, and here with me, as always, the legend, they call him, beat writer, Freddie Greedham. How are you doing, Fred?
3: Well, I'm, I'm doing well after a few fun-filled days of frivolity. Seems like yeah, it's fast and furious. Yeah,
2: man, you know, that Chicago Bears game feels like it was like three weeks ago at this point. Remember uh, Josh Rosen? Uh, According to our analytic guys, Josh Rosen was the third highest rated player in that game. And he's already a couple of days gone from Cleveland. So, I mean, it just faded into the distance real fast. We will talk about it a little bit here on the show. Uh, If you are new to the show, welcome. Welcome. Uh, if you're not new to the show, then you already know this show is powered largely by your questions and comments, uh, partially because they're more interesting than what I have to ask Fred about, uh, and partially because I'm lazy and do really, really bad pre-show preparation. So please hit us up with your comments and questions for The Legend, and uh, we will dig uh, into dig into. uh, uh, dig into, uh uh, all of that. So let's uh, let's uh, let's start off this week, Fred, with a little bit about that Chicago Bears preseason game. You know, the second half of it was, of course, spent on largely reserves and guys who are now no longer with the tra- team. But in the first half, the Browns started Jacoby Brissett and most of his wide receivers. Amari so Cooper wasn't on the field, but um, you know he had some weapons out there. Uh, and the result was less than, less than excellent. And, you know, honestly, Brissett barely looked, in my opinion, like he belonged on the same field as Justin Fields, uh, who uh, I, I thought looked very, very good. And uh, I am a panicky sort, so I'm just going to ask you, should I be worried about this, Fred, or uh, do you think we're going to see a completely different Browns offense uh, when they take the field week one?
3: Well, to answer your first question, yes, you should be a little worried. But um, they did have, out of the 11 starters, four key players did not play. You cannot take Nick Chubb off the field, Joel Batonio off the field, Amari Cooper off the field, and if you want to throw Kareem Hunt in there, um, and Jack Conklin – you know you're you're going to have less than a stellar offense. We saw that last year when a lot of guys were injured or out with COVID. So with that said, you it is what it is with Jacoby Brissett. I think he's a game manager. He's not as good as Baker Mayfield, but he might be. At, he might be similar to the way Baker Mayfield was last year. You know, without the injury, and hopefully without the turnovers. That's what they're counting on is more of a guy to, to make the easy pass, throw the quick tight end open. As far as the performance in that game, the tone was set on the first series on the first play. They did an easy out to Anthony Schwartz to get six, seven, eight yards to get Mm -hmm. him in the flow, to get everybody in the flow. And he dropped the ball that put him behind the chains resulted in a three and out. Um, that went on. Schwartz had a drop in another series. He didn't get some help from his receivers. It did take six, seven drives. I think the sixth drive he finally put points on the board. So, um, and and that was a fifty eight yard field goal. But hmm. yeah, it was pretty vanilla. I mean, they're just basically, you know, real simple things. I think they'll they'll have other things planned, obviously. Um, I think they're going to rely on the running game for sure. But other teams know that, and other teams are going to stack the box like they did after Mayfield was injured to force him to throw the ball and beat them. And sometimes he did, sometimes he didn't. So that's what they're going to do with Brissett. So Stefanski has to counter with that, know that. and And whether it's tight end screens or flanker screens or getting the ball out in the flat, to hunt and chubb to offset that pass rush and, and so forth. That's what they gotta do. But um I, I just think that you're this isn't you cannot rely on the quarterback. They're gonna have to scheme. You know, he, I don't see him when that when the game's totally on the line, it's up to him to take them down and win the game. Now I'm not saying he can't do that, but this team the way I see is built is to play really good defense and to control the game you know with with ball control with the running game and high percentage passes so many times our film guys pointed out that Mayfield didn't throw to the open guy or take the easy throw and he forced a, a tougher throw and threw an interception or an incomplete pass so i think that's what they're counting on i think he'll i think the offense will look better than it did in the bears game. But yeah, I agree. Justin Fields looked night and day was preseason. Um, You know, you remember when the, when he had Jadavian Clowney and Miles Garrett coming after him a year ago, though, he got sacked nine times. Right. So I'm sure he's, I'm sure he's grown up a little bit and adapted, but I think you got to take it with a grain of salt, you know, where, you know, the preseason game. So, like we said before, it seemed like eternity ago. Now all eyes are ahead on the Carolina Panthers and Baker Mayfield and that whole, you know, deal.
2: Do you think, uh, Brissett, you know, to to your point about Brissett throwing to the open man, Brissett seems to be a very safe quarterback, right? He, he takes the safe throw. Um, but I noticed, you know, in that first series that, um, Hey, what's up, Super Surge MC? Just said hi to us. Um, then on that first series against the Bears, you know, third and eight, he was throwing a six-yard pass, or third and ten, he threw an eight-yard pass. You know, uh, I, I get the feeling it's going to be very frustrating for Browns fans to see Brissett sort of play safely. You know, based on that first glimpse, um, what do you what do you think? Do you think Brissett well, is a guy who that's will throw beyond of- the sticks?
3: Shades of Dennis Northcutt, third and six going for a five-yard curl. Right. Um, right. yeah, that's somewhat on the wide receivers. They have to know where the chains are. They have to go beyond the chain and come back to the ball and make sure you get the first down. So I think Amari Cooper will help there, but they have to have help opposite him because he's going to get a lot of attention. He's going to get the number one or maybe two double coverage because the rest of the receivers haven't really shown that they, they deserve, you know, a lot of attention. So that's where people's Jones and David Bell and Anthony Schwartz or whoever else need to step up and be, you know, that guy, but yeah, they, to your point, they have to get the first down. You have to go down there. I think that's where, you know, the offense doesn't want to get in those positions. They want to, you know, be second and short, third and short, not third and long. And and that's where I think you got to lean on that offensive line in the running game and go from there. If they don't, um, they're, you know, Brissette can make those throws medium. He can throw deep, but, you know, for the most part, I think it's going to be a game control, manage, control offense. And it's not an offense designed to come from behind. They, they have to, kind of get ahead and play play with a lead and and control the ball and so forth but yeah it's going to be big on those third downs is is got to find a way I think he can do that I've seen him do it in training camp but I think you you don't want to put yourselves in those in those positions
2: no you don't uh and you know I fear what uh you were relating to, which is the notion of teams stacking the box against Percet, taking the teeth out of our running game a bit and putting us in a lot of third downs. Um, but, you know, as I stated before, I'm panicky. Uh, you know, that's the sort of thing I think about. Um, let's talk about a real hard, hard-hitting issue before we start getting to roster cuts. And that is uh, the NFL.com's list of the 100 top NFL players. The Browns landed five people on that list, more than anybody else in the AFC North. Yet we're not favored to win the AFC North, and we had Miles Garrett ranked as number eleven. Now, if you had to rank the top one hundred players in uh, the NFL, Fred, would uh, Miles Garrett be in your top ten, or would he drop out of it like he did for the NFL?
3: Oh, I think a lot of that's a popularity contest. I don't know who mm-hmm. voted on that stuff—if it's players or media or just NFL Network or what. But yeah, it's it's like Pro Bowl. You can have a guy who makes Pro Bowl five years in a row, and he can really stink, and he makes the Pro Bowl anyway in the sixth year. Now, like a Joe Thomas didn't have that but you know what i'm saying if joe thomas would have had a lousy year as last year he still would have made the pro Bowl. that's just unless right. they're on injury reserve you know that they they do that so i don't read a lot into that um that's nice you know you got five i think garrett i don't know i don't i don't know exactly there's a lot of good players in the nfl i, I don't hmm. know if you know, maybe to say he's in the top 10, maybe. But I still think, you know, he needs to have a breakout year. I don't consider yeah. – he, he does – he puts up stats, but he just hasn't had like Aaron Donald where that guy just wrecks game after game after game. He does it once in a while, you know, and – where he strips sacks. He had four of those, I think, the two years ago. Last year I think he only had one. That really changed the game, and, and it did. He picked it up and had a touchdown. But a guy like Aaron Donald, you know, every he's getting double teamed and he's still getting 25 sacks or whatever, and he's still right. messing up the offense. So I, I don't think that it's a slight to say you're the 11th best player in the NFL. So I'm not going to say that he deserves to be higher.
2: I uh, remember a game against the Texans where J.J. Watt – uh, was like Aaron Donald is now. Just every single play, he was screwing things up for our offense. And uh, I think you're right. I I, I think Garrett is a force. Garrett's a hell of a player. But uh, I haven't seen that sort of thing from him, where it's just play after play after play. Even if he doesn't get a sack, he's screwing things up for the other team. Maybe it's because I don't uh, – uh, you know, watch the X's and O's well enough to really understand the impact that he's having. Uh, But uh, yeah, I would like to see that this year for sure. Let's go to item number three. Item number three, Anthony Schwartz. He was awful again on Saturday night, uh, but Kevin Stefanski said that he was safe uh, from getting cut. And uh, uh, Andrew Berry backed that up. Uh, over the last couple of days with keeping him on the roster. Uh, and there weren't any real rumors that he was on the bubble, right? I mean, Schwartz just made the roster, you know, not a lot of questions. Do you see in in Schwartz, Fred, what the team seems to see uh, in terms of his uh, potential? Um, obviously a high pick. They're going to give him a couple of years, I think. Uh, do you think that's a worthwhile investment of time, Fred?
3: Well, I mean I see pretty much what the fans see. Um I do I do watch him every day in practice and training camp. After that Jacksonville fiasco, you know, he apologized. He said he knows he has to do better and and then he went out against the Eagles that week and had really good practice. Saw him catch a 65-yard touchdown, get behind the defender's double team. Um and I saw him track a ball well on a diving 36 yard touchdown in the end zone as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I've seen him make drops on easy balls. And last year, that's what I saw when he first got drafted in mini camp. And then he seemed to correct it by, by training camp. And then he got hurt, pulled a hamstring. I think a lot of it was, and I go back to, he got a concussion. He got knocked out of that Patriots game and Mm -hmm. And he missed three weeks, I think, after that. I don't know if he's totally recovered from that. Just because, you know, when you get hit in the NFL, I think that's in the back of your mind. Um, and I believe that he's just got to get over that. And I think it, it is confidence. I see him working after practice, catching a lot of balls in the jug, jug machine. Um, and so, yeah, I... I think he's going to move down a little on the depth chart. You can't rely on him. like I, And I think they were giving him a lot of experience and opportunity in the preseason because mm-hmm. it didn't matter. Right. Um, but I think you got to rely, you know, you might have to rely on a rookie David Bell. He seemed to be, you know, even more poised in catching the ball. He did have one drop, but he didn't last week. And he had a pretty good connection with Brissette. He had three catches, 36 yards on that one drive that they scored or they need to bring in somebody to move him down. I definitely would keep him on the roster. He's 21 years old. He has four, two speed. You just don't grow four, two speed. I think sooner or later, he's going to figure out that you got to catch the ball as an NFL receiver. And, and so that's, that's why he's here. I don't think you can count on him. It's just like a, you know, a pitcher that throws 101 miles an hour. Um, you're, he might be wild. You might not put him in a game for a while, but you just, just can't make that one mile an hour speed up. You have to work with him and, and get it under control. Same thing there. So I don't know if you'll see him much. Maybe you will, maybe they'll be undaunted and they'll just go right to him, but they needed him and bell probably to be the third and fourth receiver. And I don't know if you can count him. I would, you might have to even move Michael Woods, you know, ahead of him, or bring somebody else in, bring somebody up from the practice squad. I don't know, but you're going to probably see more tight end usage. Najoko and Bryant will probably be one of them. At least will be used more like a receiver, and and Demetric Felton could be used in the slot. I see that a lot in practice, or even Kareem Hunt. Some of, I mean, I've been pounding for Chubb and Hunt to be on the field together. They might not be in the backfield together, but you might see Hunt out in the slot as a receiver, right. you know, in place of Anthony Schwartz or a wide receiver, because that's where your strength are is tight ends and, and running backs.
2: You know, uh, last year we talked about the rookie class, and I said that I thought Anthony Schwartz was going to be the most impactful player in that rookie class. Fortunately, nobody remembers it. I unfortunately brought it up again. Uh, to reveal exactly how wrong I was. but I think the logic is still there, which is that if he can stretch the field, he can open up the running game, he can open up some passes underneath. But it has to be he has to be a believable threat to catch the ball, right? And he's not uh, at this point. And so he's been a huge disappointment from my perspective, and I think he is you know more important than your typical fourth receiver uh, in, in, in what he can do and the impact that it has on the defense.
3: Well, to your point, you know, of being wrong on him, you also were harping this time last week that, that uh, Tony Fields was going to get cut. And I said, he's not. (laughs) And by the way, I had 50 out of 53 on my roster projection. And so far 11 out of 12 on my practice squad and I even mentioned Kellen Mond is being picked up now. He's not on the practice squad because they had to put him on the roster. So I'm really twelve out of thirteen. So not to not to rub rub it in or whatever, but uh, mm. check that out on the website there. If you people need to to come there to see, you know, the cuts and what's going to happen, kind of like a crystal ball right there. But anyway, Schwartz, that's a good you know. That was all we heard is stretching the field, stretching the field. Mm -hmm. Do you remember once him just running a straight go route to where they threw the ball to him to stretch the field last year? I can remember one time. And I think Mayfield overthrew it by 10 yards or something, but he just did a flat-out sprint. That's where his speed is. Because we've seen him when he's got to get something figured out on that jet sweep or that reverse, they keep trying it with him. They tried it in the Eagles game. He can't get around the corner. He doesn't have that elusive jitterbug, you know, getting to that four two speed. You know what I'm saying? They take an angle mm-hmm. and they, they trip him up. So the, the way he can run, if he can get off the line, that's the other thing with a cornerback, you know, might hit him, but, A straight bomb. Just run the bomb. You got to take one or two guys with you. And, yeah, if you're behind them, you got to catch the ball. If you don't, then you're – but still, somebody's got to cover him, and that's stretching the field. Mm -hmm. I can't remember that but one time last year. So I'd like to see them. If nothing else, you put him in the game and say, hey, run the bomb and just even fake it to him if he's not open and throw underneath or something because – that's the whole idea of stretching the field. You know, it does no good if you don't throw that one down there. You used to always see teams take a shot, just nothing else to let them know we can throw the deep ball. And Brissette, right. I think, they did that the other night on third and two. They th- tried to throw the long ball to Schwartz, and he got one hand on it, which I was always told as a kid, you get a, one hand on it and you, you got to catch it. He didn't catch right. it. I don't know if I'd call it a drop. He was diving, but I think you got to show that. So, yeah, I mean, they need Schwartz to – he's on this team for a reason, for speed, so you got to use that if you're going to – even if you don't have confidence, he's going to catch the ball. Throw him out there a play or two, you know, to stretch the field.
2: All right, fair enough. And uh, thank you for pointing out uh, where I was wrong again last week. Uh, you know, well, this you didn't is sort ask of the... me. <laughs> it was sort of a contrast between a guy who knows nothing and a guy who remembers pretty much everything. You know, well, Andrew
3: Berry yeah. doesn't cut a draft choice. So, all you got to remember if they're a draft, uh, that's three years now. Yeah. They're all still yeah. with the team. It's well, crazy. Fields, it's almost.
2: Fields has yet to show me anything on defense, but uh, apparently he's doing a nice job in special teams. Not that, you know, I'm watching tape and and can back that up. So apparently he's fallen in love with special teams. Uh, Let's go on to um, ask, I will once again remind our visitors, uh, if you're hanging out watching this show, you have a great opportunity to plumb the knowledge of the fellow uh, to the uh, right of me on your screen. Uh, And uh, feel free to throw in questions. We've got uh, six or seven saved up, but room for plenty more. So fire away. Let's talk about uh, this silliness coming out of Carolina, uh, if you can tolerate me for a minute. Um, maybe it was supposed to be a private conversation or whatnot, but uh, uh, Baker Mayfield had some choice words for uh, the Cleveland Browns, supposedly, uh, you know, about what he was going to do to the Cleveland Browns once he got a chance to play them. Uh Miles Garrett uh, said the team would "quote unquote" use that, use those comments. Do you think beyond you know fostering clicks in the web environment, uh, stories like Mayfield saying that thing have any impact on the game whatsoever, Fred?
3: Not really. I mean, a guy like Baker Mayfield always uses you know motivation, you know, but really when it's all said and done if if you and I were going to have a race in our heyday, um, well, maybe even still, you know, you can trash talk all you want, but I'm going to run my 4.640, you know, in, in my day. And I don't know yeah. if you ever were going to do that. And so it really doesn't matter what you say, you know, same thing with anything, just trying to be facetious there. But it can get you a little motivated, but it doesn't really matter. If somebody is better, they're going to, you know, be better. And you can be all the motivated you want, but, you know, I think, I think that they're always going to be motivated. Now, as far as being a reporter, I've been in that situation many times talking to players. You never, you never say that in public like she did. I mean, right. That is a private conversation, kind of like you know something like you and I would say off the air, you know back and forth. but then you don't get out there to get to get clicks or viewers to say something like that because it's mm-hmm. that I you know I almost defend Mor Baker in there because he would have never He's not that he's not going to say something like that before the Browns play you know, right. him. And, and, you know, so it'll probably be used by some of the players on the Browns defense, like Miles Garrett and so forth, because, Hey, you know, he's thinking it if he didn't say it, but, <laughs> right. you know, but as far as, you know, everybody's going to be motivated the same way to show up, you know, you get cut. If you fire me tonight, you know, I'm going to be motivated to, to show you what I have, you know, with another organization, that's just human mm-hmm. nature, you know? So, right. you know, he was embarrassed by being let go by the Browns traded for a fifth round pick or whatever it was. And, and they went out and got another quarterback cause they didn't think he was good enough. So he's already motivated enough. He doesn't want to motivate the Browns defense any more than they already are. So yeah unfortunately that's our business everybody's kind of motivated and paid by the number of viewers and also that's how you get rewarded and get a higher position with more visibility it seems like you know right drawing eyeballs to what you have to say
2: exactly exactly and uh i'm going for that with my tony fields hot take uh which i'm sure will play well nationally and uh raise me to fame uh <laughs> Ty Sox please says please don't fire Fred I have no intention of firing Fred uh at all whatsoever we've only been doing this for 20 years together all right um let's uh let's talk a little bit about the cuts then uh the Browns cut Miller Forest yesterday and they signed him back to the practice squad but they're still missing a third tight end on a team that ran more uh 13 formations than anyone in the league Does this mark a change in Stefanski's approach, Fred, uh, with less reliance on the tight end, or is it just a roster hole they haven't filled in yet?
3: Well, you know, I haven't really seen, you know, his new look offense. Hopefully it is new look, but they they changed it over with the idea of Deshaun Watson, you know, mobility and so forth. And you have a skill set with Josh Dobbs like that. I don't know much about Kellen Mond you know, if he's mobile, but he's is, is got the similar frame, you know, that 6'2", six, 6'3", six, build. Um, but I just think that they're phasing out the fullback. I, again, I, I took some grief on the Monday night rewind saying I didn't think Johnny Stanton would necessarily make the team. He did not. Um, when you look last year, even with Andy Janovich, you know, he was only playing four or five snaps a game. How can you justify that, you know? And and I hope that they play a little more two backs, even out of necessity, but use the tight end, you bring them back as a blocker. But today, they brought back Forrestal and one of the hyphen guys. I think it's Zaire Mitchell, Mitchell Peyton Peyton. or whatever. Yeah, they have the relaxed game day rules. I think you can bring up guys again from the practice squad. So if they don't add somebody to the fifty three, I see that happening um, because you at least need two full bat or two tight ends uh, or more than two. I would think in a game if you have Najoku and Harrison Bryant starters, that's what's interesting in their depth chart is. This year, they didn't have a fullback listed. They had two starting tight ends. So basically, Bryant and Najoka are starters. So you would think, unless they change that, you would have a backup somewhere. So I still am not sure that they wouldn't bring in another guy on waivers or an available free agent that could kind of come in, plug in, and play. But I'm not too concerned about it. I actually hope that it allows them to keep their better players on the field. I still contend that Hunt can be a lead blocker for Chubb and Chubb can be a lead blocker for, for Hunt. And it's not that big of a drop off to a, if you had Johnny Stanton in front of him. Right, not despising right. him, but he's not a threat like the other guys are being on the field. Or like I said earlier, Hunt being out in the slot, using him as a wide receiver because your wide receivers are a little bit pro- unproven. So, yeah, I think they'll tinker with the roster. I was a little surprised that they only made one move today, bringing in, you know, Kellen Mond. Um, I thought they'd put him on practice squad, but because you, signed, you claimed him, you have right. to put him on the 53. Now, maybe there's guys they didn't claim that they're going to sign – you know, tomorrow, so they don't have to put them on the 53. But I don't know how long Mond has to stay on it. It's a little different, I think. I don't know if it's three games, because it used to be, if you did that, it was three games. But I don't know how that works if you claim them in the before the games start. But
1: yeah,
3: um, we'll find out. But as far as, no, I'm not too concerned. I, I think that they they have the guys they had in training camp and if they can get somebody better, they'll bring them in. Um that's you know, whoever that might be. I was obviously the Bengals went after OJ Howard pretty quick. That some of the guys, you know, said that's a, a notable name that got cut. They didn't seem to doesn't sound like they went after him. Um who knows. There but.
2: was a, there was one rumor out there that the Bengals and Browns were both talking to him. I don't did do you remember if Cincinnati actually signed him? People, rap report was reporting, oh, if he passes a physical, they'll sign him. But they got uh, another tight end today that they got off the waiver wire, the Bengals did. And uh, uh, I don't know if I've seen that O.J. Howard's been officially signed or not. Well, Lisa it was. Until it,
3: yeah, it was um, assumed. But, see, I think when you're a veteran, something about, I don't know if you can choose where you want to go or that didn't make sense. If did anybody claim him, you know, I don't know. Yeah. He had a tryout or they, they gave him a physical. So I don't, I don't understand all the, in the nuances of this. I thought if you claim the guy, you get the guy, but if nobody claimed him, you know, then he's a free agent or something is they didn't claim him. Cause they would have to pay his salary or, or, or something to do with that. But I don't know, but I, I'm sure that they'll probably look around and if they don't feel like they can get anybody better than Forrestal and Zayar Mitchell-Peden, you know, they'll they'll go with that. But they'd bring probably at least somebody up to be a block or whatever on the on the game day. But it sounds like, you know, I saw some reports that Stanton evidently got the idea that he wasn't going to come back. They weren't going to bring him back on the practice squad. So you would think if you were going to have a fullback, you would probably right. bring somebody like that back.
2: Yeah, you know, um, it, it's a shame about Johnny Stanton. Really nice guy. I mean, the Garage Beers guys had him on their podcast at least once. Uh, just a good dude, but, um, you know, too small to play tight end. And uh, the Browns apparently going in another direction on, on fullback, in, in my opinion. Um, a, a, another anomaly on the Browns roster, uh, five running backs. Um, they've, uh, if you include Demetri Felton, you know, in that group, um, that seems weird <laughs> to me to carry that many running backs. Um, do you think Fred, that, uh, this is a temporary thing that they're just waiting for someone to, deal them a tight end or wide receiver for one of the running backs? Or do you think they're serious about carrying this all year?
3: Well, I I do think that they're trying to maybe make a move with one of them. The Ernest Johnson was probably the most likely to go. But I, you know, again, if you looked at my roster projection, I had, I kept them all because they're too valuable. You just can't cut a Dearness Johnson, you know, when
1: right, right. he's a
3: valuable player. You saw what happened last year. Now, they really only have four running backs because Demetric Felton is a wide receiver. He is practicing every day, taking every snap as a wide receiver. If anybody has followed my reports, he is not in the running back group. He doesn't do any practicing mm-hmm. with them. Um, he just does everything with the wide receiver. They know he can be a running back and he can play the slot and come out of the backfield. I saw when Watson, during training camp, that even though he'd been totally in the wide receivers, he ran out of the backfield in 11 on 11. So they don't feel he needs to practice with the running backs. With that said, that's exactly what they had last year. They had, you know, the the top three and then they had Felton. So he was the fourth one. And he was practicing with both last year. So Jerome Mm -hmm. Ford wasn't going to go anywhere. So as far as, I think it's a log jam that they'll probably sort out. But right now they have four. And I, I could see them moving Hunt or Johnson, although I think it's more likely that Johnson would be the guy to move because Hunt is too valuable. And if you're really trying to win this year, they're both in the last year of your deals. You know, you're not going to trade Kareem Hunt, in my opinion. You're all in to try to win games. He's a better all-around player, you know, with his receiving abilities and so forth. Right. And so, um, and then you have Jerome Ford. So that's why it made sense to me. I put him, kept him on the roster, but I really thought they would make a swap, you know, with somebody that was going to cut, you know, one of those wide receivers or defensive linemen or something like that, or or pick up a draft pick for it, you know, but they didn't. So maybe they're still, it seems like something's got to be in the works. You know, when you, you cut Isaac Rochelle today, who I thought, you know, was in the rotation, but, but they must've just, I know my story today is Chase Winovich was cleared Mm -hmm. and he went back to practice. So it was almost like they had him holding the place until Winovich was cleared and then, okay, now we're going to go with Winovich and release Rochelle when we make the move for the quarterback. So they'll keep Jock in the, the roster, but, um, you know, I'm not surprised by anything. But I really thought that this is how it would go, that they'd go with um, five running backs at least to start.
2: Yeah. Uh, Producer Ian, do we have uh, some video? of uh, Kevin Stefanski talking about
3: this? Chase Winovich, got him out there to talk about what
2: you can expect from him. Yeah, good to have Chase uh, out there. Um, You know, he's been battling that injury for a couple weeks here, so now it's good to just progress him out here in individual and some team periods and, and, uh, you know, special teams, all all that. Yeah, I wouldn't read too much into the preseason, one preseason game, uh, if you will, Tony. Uh, He's somebody that you know, we worked in a lot with the ones and twos previous to uh, that game, uh, so, and, and we have tape on him. We we kind of know the, the player, uh, but excited about what Chase is going to do for us. Well, there you go. That's what you get for a Mac Wilson uh, these days. Uh, Chase Winovich, and uh, again, didn't blow a lot of people away. Didn't have an opportunity <laughs> to uh, uh, to play a lot in the preseason, uh, but we'll see what we get. And, uh, super well, search, I was very very jealous of Stefanski's beard, by the way. So
3: yeah, see I was. Well, you noticed in his time here, though, he's getting the salt and pepper look. He's graying. You know, <laughs> he's got it's just like presidents. They start out with dark hair and then they have gray hair by the time they're done. But
2: exactly.
3: as far as that was, first of all, a good question. I don't know who that reporter asked that first question. <laughs> but you know, as far as the Winovich see I didn't really know how they thought about him as Tony Grossi asked is they were running him with like the third team at the beginning of training camp and and so they must have really felt a lot higher about him because I thought they they cut him or put him on injury reserve because normally when a guy misses like all a training camp and he's been out since August 14th you get too far behind, you just never come back. So he came back today. So they must have said, you know, we think he's more, he's better than Isaac Rochelle, and and he's gonna contribute right away at defensive end. Plus, Andrew Barry might want to just make sure his trade for Mac Wilson looked pretty good. I didn't look at it. I thought Mac would have trouble making the team. Evidently he made the Patriots. Um, so anyway. We'll say with Winovich, that would be a a nice get if he can be a legitimate third, you know, to spell Clowney or Garrett and not rely on the rookies, Alex Wright and Isaiah Thomas. But I think that's really why they moved on from one of those guys right now being Rochelle is because they want the young guys, the Wright and the Thomas to, to have a chance to develop and be here for a while.
2: Yeah, um, especially given that Clowney probably is not going to be back in Cleveland next year, uh, at least not at the price that that he commands. Uh, the Browns would undoubtedly want to do something a little less expensive opposite Miles Garrett, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, last item that I have, and after this we are going to rely entirely on questions from uh, the assembled chat room, uh, but it has to do with Kellen Mond. The Browns acquired him off waivers from the Vikings today. He's a third-round pick last year. He lasted exactly one year in Minnesota before Queasy got rid of him. Um, Queasy seemed to get rid of a lot of picks that he didn't like and had no mercy on last year's draft class. Uh, But that's kind of extraordinary, don't you think, a third-round pick getting dumped that quickly? Um, You know, what do you think the Browns see in him?
3: I don't know. I mean, obviously, the that Andrew Barry liked him, you know, last year in the draft coming out, it is a little curious because queasy would would know what Andrew Barry thinks. And you would think he obviously didn't agree with him on mind, you know, or he because he moved on from him pretty quick. And Andrew Barry jumped on him pretty quick. So, you know, with that being said, I don't think it's a big Deal to move the needle. He played pretty bad in the preseason. I mean, his, his, now I don't know who he was throwing to, but his accuracy was poor. It was like 56%. So I think that he will, you know, move down to the practice squad once his time's up, you know, being on the 53 man roster. I don't think necessarily unless somebody else really, they must've felt they had to claim him or they couldn't have got him. I don't know. But um, it is interesting that Queasy traded for Nick Mullins, who was with the Browns last year, started that COVID game against the Raiders, but um, he traded to get him to move Mond off the roster. So who knows what they're thinking, but I don't think this is the long-term answer you know, he might be down the road battling with Josh Dobbs to be the third quarterback. That's that's about it.
2: Yeah, yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, by the way, if you are an OBR subscriber, there's now a new feature on the site. It's called The Buzz. It's one of our message board forums. And what it really is is sort of a hive mind of the OBR staff. We pick a subject and everybody sort of gang tackles it. Uh, and one of those subjects today in the buzz is uh, Kellen Mond and the opinions of our X's and O's and analytics and other folks uh, about Mond and uh, what they think of him. And if you're curious and you're a subscriber, jump into the buzz and, and check it out. Uh, so let's go to the questions that have been popping up uh, on my screen uh, over the course of the last half hour or so. And uh, as always, if you have more, please get them in. Um, Superfly Rob uh, touches on a subject that you were talking about just a few minutes ago about what do you do when there's no fullback on the roster? Uh, (laughs) And uh, he asks uh, who takes that role of blocking. Do you think it's the other running back? You know, if you put an offset half or, you know, uh, running back on the field.
3: Like I said, Many games I'd look last year and I'd see Andy Janovich or Johnny Stanton played five snaps on offense or something like that. So they weren't in that as much. They were more spread out wide receivers. They might have three out, you know, two out wide, probably Cooper and Peoples-Jones. And then a third guy could be Felton, could be Kareem Hunt, could be David Bell. Um, I could just see, you know, the other running back, being a lead back or bringing Harrison Bryant back to be that lead blocker Um, or David Najoku. He's got better at blocking. He's embraced that. Both those guys are pretty good blockers. Like I said, they could bring up somebody on the practice squad, like Miller Forrestal on game day to -hmm. to be that blocker. I just think that they don't want to devote a roster spot to somebody now now they might they might have a guy out there they're going to bring in i don't know maybe they're going to yeah. but i just i just see them going away with the offense they want to run i think that it's not going to be as heavy on a fullback and i mean with deshaun watson at quarterback it's more of rpo's your run pass options and quick quick hitters quick movement And I think they might try to do some of that with Brissette. But if Dobbs comes in with a package, they'll do some of those type things. So we'll see. I mean, my guess is good as anybody, but I just don't think that the fullback, I think it's a little overrated. I've been harping on this for a while that I just don't think the fullback, the way they've been using, he gets maybe one, they try to throw a pass to him to try to fool people every, you know, once or every game or two or or give them the ball and a quick hand, it doesn't fool anybody. To me, you're better suited, you know, having somebody that can be a little more of a threat.
2: All right. Fair enough. Uh, next, uh, not really a question, but it's a hot take from Mr. Katapka, And he, uh, thinks our wide receivers will be a top 14 squad in the, uh, I assume in the NFL, if it's the AFC, then, uh, not much of a uh, uh, accomplishment, but, uh, uh, what do you think, Fred, do you think uh, we're underrating these, these wide receivers for the Browns? Uh, uh, I have to say, I don't agree with Mr. Kataka here, uh, but I'm generally wrong. So that's probably good news for us. So, uh, you put them in the top half of the, of the league, Fred.
3: I agree with you. No, I don't. Um, I've seen the, the body of work, um, You got Cooper and then you have people's Jones, who I think has a lot of potential, but he's one of those guys. He kind of shows up big and then you kind of disappears a little bit. They need more consistency out of him. As I said, other teams are going to double team and try to shut down Cooper and make those other guys because you don't have a Jarvis Landry, a go-to guy on third down um, who you had in the past. Um, I just think that you're really relying on David Bell and Anthony Schwartz and Peoples Jones to step up, not saying they can't, but right now I wouldn't I wouldn't rank them there. Um he said will be, so there's 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 a good potential. The difference is, and I keep talking about Deshaun Watson, I think with a quarterback like him, you can get away with less than average receivers because I keep going back to the Chiefs. I mean, I'd watch games, and I don't study everybody in the league, but guys like Mike Pringle and McCole Hardman, you know, I'm like, who are these guys? And they're catching five, six passes a game because they got a quarterback that can throw them open. And when you have a quarterback like Watson who can get away from the pass rush, the defenders run at him, and he flips the ball over over him to the receiver – the receivers look a lot better because you got a quarterback that can get them the ball. Now, obviously we don't have him for a while. I don't know if Brissett. you know, I think it, it will show the receivers are, are maybe not as good because you might not have that elusive quarterback situation. So right. I I think it's very unproven and they need David Bell to step up. You know, it might be a little unfair for a rookie to have a lot on his plate, you know, but he's, he's going to have to do it. People's Jones for sure. And Schwartz, you know, and right now you got Michael Woods. So you got a a lot of question marks. And right now, unless you make a trade, you'd have to make a trade pretty quick for somebody to have an impact. Because I remember even as a kid watching the Browns they'd make a trade for a wide receiver. And it seemed like it took them half the year before they ever got into the flow of things. And uh, I thought maybe they would have done a draft day. We talked about Jalen Rager and he ends up getting traded to the Vikings. You got Slate and then some of these other receivers, Mims or Wims um, keep getting mixed up with the guy we just Mm -hmm. cut. But as far as, you know what I'm saying? Somebody that can come right in, you know, and have the playbook down. They moved on from Javon Wims and Jamarcus Bradley. They had a little veteran veteran, touch to them. So they must be totally fine with what they have. Very young receiver room. So if, yeah. if Mr. Katopka right, the Browns would be in great shape with as young as the room is. You would have, you know, other than Cooper, everybody third year or less.
2: Right, right. Um, let's talk about quarterback for a little bit. This one from chat underscore username. Uh, comparing uh, Brissett to uh, Josh Dobbs, saying that Josh Dobbs seemed to move the ball with the same resources uh, against uh, the Chicago Bears. Do you agree with that assessment, Fred, or, uh, or not?
3: Yeah, I've said it and I've written it, and he's been impressive. It's been three preseason games, so you are going against the back end of the roster, Now you have pretty much the back end of the roster playing with you, but that mobility factor that they obviously wanted in the offense with uh, Deshaun Watson, you have that with Dobbs that you don't have with Brissett. Now Brissett isn't a statue. He can get out and run. I think he's run for about 700 yards in his career, but he's not a run first or even a run second guy like say, maybe a Dobbs is I think the biggest thing with Dobbs is can he throw the ball because if he comes in they know he's just a runner they're going to go all in to shut down Mm -hmm. him running and make him throw the ball so that's where you know I thought he he showed that he could move the ball through the air and uh, he wasn't going against the top cornerbacks and the top defense and with a big pass rush but I think it's worth looking into I've written about it is that I think Kevin Stefanski has to think outside the box. And I think these 11 games without Watson, they need to open up the playbook. And if you got a game manager with Brissette, you need to maybe put together a package for Josh Dobbs to insert him into the game. Kind of like teams used to do with the wildcat, maybe first series, Mm -hmm just to see what happens to mix things up and maybe catch a team by surprise. But Dobbs is going to have to give the coaching staff um, the confidence that he can throw the ball, you know, and not turn the ball over because we know he can run, but can he, can he make a read and throw the ball, you know, like he did in the preseason? Can he do that in a real, real game action? But I think, I think it's worth, you know, trying to see, because if they figure out Brissett um, or Brissett goes down, you're one play away from Dobbs being the guy. So, Mm -hmm. you know, get him out there, you know, early and get him some experience. And then who knows? I think he has more of a skill set closer to Deshaun Watson than Brissett does. With that said, he doesn't, he isn't He hasn't demonstrated he can throw the ball like Watson can. He can't, he might be able to run and be elusive like Watson, but he can't Mm -hmm. throw the ball, or at least hasn't demonstrated. You know, in fairness, he threw 17 passes in like his first five years in the NFL. He was with the, the Steelers, but with a Ben Roethlisberger offense, they weren't designed at all for a mobile quarterback. I don't even know why they drafted him, to be honest, because that's, I think he rushed for 4,000 yards at Tennessee. He was more of a mobile running quarterback. Seemed like he would have fit more going to the Ravens or something like that. But, um, so, if the Browns have an offense designed for that type of skill set, put him out there and see what you got.
2: Yeah, Ty Sox with a follow-up question here, asking if Brissett may have a short leash with Dobbs performing so well um you see uh you know this team starts off zero and three oh and four you know some horrible start and the quarterback looking mm-hmm. horrible uh do you think the browns uh are are tempted to uh fiddle around with the starting quarterback
3: well <laughs> well if they start out zero and three over and four this season is over because that's the easiest yeah. part of the schedule in my oh, opinion yeah. the first four games so You know, even with Brissette, I still think they can come out of their three and one. They could even be four and all. Um, But they're going to have to play a different type game. They're going to have to have the defense, you know, shutting down teams like they did in the second half of the season and Mm -hmm. playing from ahead, not trying to catch up. Set the tone, control the game on offense with ball control on the run, short passing game. And and really good defense taking the ball away. So, um, I was thinking short leash. If in in the first or second game he's struggling right. at all, go to Dobbs for for a series or two. I think it's better if you have a package pre-planned and you insert him at a certain point, as opposed to just saying, "Okay, Brissette's done. You're you're now in." I would rather him kind of ease them into a situation than just pull. Cause then you got a full blown, you know, situation, you know, with right. the old quarterback controversy. I've always said with quarterbacks, why can't you approach it? Like you do in baseball, you got a relief pitcher. If the starter gets bombed and you put in the relief pitcher, it doesn't mean you're done with the starter. He's going to start the next time, mm-hmm. you know, The relief guy can come in, and if he does well, you go with him, but you go back to the starting guy the next time, you know, and then you can – and so I I think Stefanski and the staff has to put together game plans specific to win these games and especially this opener. I really think the tone is set in the opening game. I mean, I've watched them open season since 1999, one win. One twenty-three and one, I think, or something like that. One twenty-two and one, or whatever number they played Mm. since ninety-nine. That's terrible, and that just sets you up. You know, the statistics are what. If you're zero and two, like your chance to make the playoffs is is very low. You got to get out of the gate, and I think with this team, especially with Watson on suspension, you really got to get out of the gate and try to do everything you can to win those first three or four games and get the momentum going, and then anything can happen. Because I think the magic number's five. got to at least get to five wins before Watson comes back. If you're five and Mm -hmm. six, I like my chances. If you're six and five, you're even better. But if you could get four wins out of the gate or three out of the gate, that puts it in a lot better situation to get to five or six wins.
2: Let's uh let's go to a brain teaser from Brandon. Uh Brandon asks, if they both play a full season, um, which is more likely to happen? Uh Miles Garrett, NFL sack leader or Nick Chubb leading the NFL rushing yards? Barring injury, which do you think is more probable?
3: Miles Garrett went in the sack uh leader. He's been right on the cusp. You know, yep. TJ Watt edged him out you know, Aaron Donald, there's some competition, but the problem with Nick Chubb is they don't give him the ball enough unless they dramatically change their philosophy. And I don't see that happen unless you trade, unless you trade, you know, Kareem hunt. Um, but even if they trade Kareem hunt, I think De Johnson and Jerome Ford would get carries. They just have been reluctant to really put the, the load on, on Chubb, you know, 15, 17 carries a game seems to be about all they want to do or have in the past, you know, and then you, you got a guy like Derrick Henry who gets 25, 35 carries. He just, they give him the ball, whatever's necessary to win a game. And the Browns have Mm -hmm. been reluctant to do that. Now maybe they'll change a little this year, but I think they're so analytic driven that they don't want to wear him out. And you know, I agree with that to some degree, but I think you got to stay with a hot hand. If is hot, you go with, it. you know, think of that Packers game. They could not stop him last year. He was averaging six, seven yards a carry.
1: Right. And he didn't even touch right.
3: the ball in the final drive hardly, you know, when they were going down to try to win the game. They ended up throwing an interception, you know, and it's just like you got a horse like that using. But to answer the question, you know, I just don't think he's going to have enough touches, you know, even if they divide up Chubb and Hunt, you know, you're just not going to be able to, to have enough touches to beat out a Derrick Henry or, or Jonathan Taylor or some of these other guys, they get the ball more.
2: Yeah, exactly. Uh, we started a couple of minutes late. Uh, so we're going to go a couple of minutes late. And here's a question from chat username. He says, what is Fred's forecast for the AFC North? So uh, go on the record here, uh, <laughs> Fred, and uh, we'll hold you to it at the end of the season.
3: Well, I haven't even really went through that whole thing, but, you know, this is no disrespect to the Bengals, but I think last year they went through with a radar, under the radar, and snuck mm-hmm. it, kind of like the Browns did two years ago. And so I think they got a big target. They got a good offense, but I think their defense can – I think they will have a target on them. They're also playing a first place schedule. I think they will drop back a little. Right now, I see them getting second. I, I I hate to say it, but I think the Ravens, you know, they get all their players back. They had like twenty some players on injury reserve for a big portion of last year. Key players. I think unless unless they get so distracted because of the Lamar Jackson. Contract and all that, that they're the team to beat. Right now, I'd say they would win the division Bengals second, Browns third, Steelers fourth. And, you know, that's just because I just don't know if Jacoby Brazette can keep the Browns afloat. To me, to get into the playoffs, you got to win the division. I don't think you can count on getting in on a wild card, especially with your franchise quarterback missing at least 11 games. So yeah, that's why I have the Browns third, because I just don't know if they can get in as a wild card with their record, if they could somehow, you know, stay in the hunt and win the division at 10 and seven, nine and eight. I don't know if you can do that. You know, I think that, that would be their best thing. But I would say right now, Ravens, Bengals, Browns, Steelers.
2: All right. Tony Fain and Ty Sox had similar questions about David Njoku, uh, about uh, whether we feel he could have a breakout season with them using him differently, taking some pressure off of Cooper. Uh, do you think this is the year we finally see why he was a first-round draft pick, Fred?
3: Yeah, I mean – you know, he's, this is his sixth year, you know, he's 25 and you know, it's just, or he, he may have just turned 26. I have to look. But as far as I think he's grown up, I think he got paid. I've seen him mature and I think, you know, I, I've seen some drops, but I've seen some great catches. I have seen the tight end screen quite a bit and I, with the two tight ends, I think Harrison Bryan and Njoku are both going to have big years. I think they're going to target them a lot, especially with Jacoby Brissett. I think they're going to – those are the easy completions. Go out five yards, turn around, or do a tight end screen. Boom, boom. And I think Njoku, it's it's on him. It's right there for him. I think he could have 60 catches and eight 8 to 10 touchdowns. I think he's a great target inside the red zone. So – yeah, I think this will be a break breakout season for him. They wouldn't have paid him if they didn't think that he was capable of that. And I think they're going to try to make sure to justify that.
2: Makes sense. Um, Brad mentioned trade discussions for a kick returner. Could uh, ISM be a target? He was waived today. uh, And uh, we have not heard specifically uh, that the Browns are interested in him, but he could certainly be a target for them. Uh, We will uh, wait and see. We'll track that tomorrow. Um, Let's go to our last question of the evening. Uh, And uh, that will go to Eric Evans, uh, who asked about David Moore moving from offensive uh, line to defensive tackle, asking why so late in the preseason, as in after all the preseason games are done. Stefanski, talk about that. Anybody talk about David Moore at all and his sudden switch? to the other side
3: of the field. Yeah, he did. Um, Well, first of all, his future with the Browns was pretty much over as an offensive lineman. I mean, they've got like 10 guys. Um, He's been on the practice squad for at least a year or two. He said last year, late in the season, and even the year before, on the scout team, they have to put extra guys like offensive linemen over on the defense to play a defensive tackle or whatever. And they put him over there. And the offensive lineman on the Browns told the coaches, they said he was very tough to block. He was very uh, stout. And whether they were just trying to get rid of competition (laughs) or what, but they said yesterday they talked to him about bringing him back to the practice squad as a defensive tackle. So he's not on the roster, he's on the practice squad. So they're saying, hey, he embraced that, they brought him back, so he's got a chance. We know the defensive tackle room. He he could have yeah. a future there. I mean, he's got the physique for it and so forth. So that's the story. They put him over there in practice and he did really well. So they got the thought about make the switch, bringing back asking. I don't think they'd have brought him back necessarily as an offensive lineman, right? They brought him back for that, but, Now you got a mobile, a mo, a versatile guy that could do both. You could, you could develop him, and then he could, in a pinch, you know, in a game, go in, you know, as a a guard or center, or he could play defensive tackle. So the more versatile you are, the better your chances.
2: That's most certainly true. Demetric Felton could certainly tell you that. Um, And that is going to do it for tonight. Uh, A couple questions we didn't get to. I just. But let me apologize to the folks who asked those. Uh, I got started a little bit late on them. That's my bad. We'll try to make sure we get through all of them next week. And uh, until then, uh, we're going to have a nice Labor Day. Uh, the OBR office Overton. will be closed on Monday. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll be closed on Monday for uh, Labor Day. And But we will be back next Wednesday. And we will see you then on OBR Weekly. Good night, everybody.